now I'm going to talk less because I can't wave my hands. Everybody said amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. What has God said to us already this morning? Tell me. Were you listening? What did God already say to us today? Be valiant. What does that mean? All authority has been given to us. Do we believe what God says? Let me ask you another question. What does it mean to believe what God says? Now, I believe what he says, but what does it mean to believe? Uh-huh. Hmm. Some words came to me during worship time. Um, I believe God is asking for his time on Sunday, not your time. I believe God is asking for his time on his day, not your time. We have not seen yet the fullness of God. We've seen trickles of the fullness. We have not seen a fullness of God within our service. That takes time. Are you willing to say yes, Lord? Are you willing to say, you know what, I'll lay my schedule aside on Sunday, and this is your day, Lord? Now, I'm not talking about just having a longer service just to have a longer service. I believe God wants more time. I believe that. I believe God wants more time. And I know we need to be conscious of time and be aware of time, and we live by time, and that's fine. But when God wants to invade our time, we need to say, yes, Lord. I know this one thing, the magnitude of God and what he has to say and what he wants to do cannot be limited to our time. Although he can do it in our time. I think we're going to see us go till 2 o'clock sometimes. Because God's doing something. The supernatural is never ever subject to the control of man. Never. And I know there are long services that mean nothing and seem to have nothing. 
But I believe God is preparing us to open up our hearts to him and say, God, this is your day. This is your time. Amen? Because in heaven, praise is 24-7. And those of us who are old enough to have been in revivals of the past know that when God moves, time flies out the window. And I believe God is asking us, will you give me my time? Not your time. He wants his time. Amen? I'm not saying that legalistically or in any dominating way. But I feel like the Holy Spirit is going to move in the future whereby that clock is not going to mean much. And there are those who will say, no thanks, and there are those who will say amen. And those, there are those who will just be indifferent to it. It's always been that way. Hallelujah. Did you, did you sense this morning's service was unusual? Why is that? Why was it unusual? Somebody tell me. Beg your pardon. God is speaking to us. Why was this morning's service unusual? I know there's a hundred things we could say. But there's one phrase. And that is this. Because God desires to do the unusual. God desires to do the unusual, not only in this place, but in your life, in your world. And I'd like to share a little bit about expecting the unusual. The supernatural is to become, to be commonplace in our lives. Right? So when we gather together with a corporate anointing, we should expect the unusual. Amen? And as soon as Pastor David began to, uh, Pastor Daniel began to read that verse, I thought, hmm, that goes along with what, I have to, what God told me to say. And I was visited by the Holy Spirit last night, and I just can't get over it. I was half awake and half asleep. I was conscious, and I was unconscious. And, uh, Wow. It is normal to expect the supernatural. It is normal to expect the unusual. Jesus came into a dark world and revealed the uncommon, the unusual, the supernatural lifestyle that he would commission us to walk in. I'll read that again. Jesus came into a dark world. This world it has no light. We are the light of the world. 
and the light came into darkness, and what the light did is it revealed the uncommon. Holiness is uncommon to the world. Righteousness is uncommon to the world. Healing, divine supernatural healing is not common. He brought the uncommon, the unusual, the supernatural lifestyle that he would commission us to walk in. Look to somebody and say, you're unusual. You're uncommon. You, know, you can say that because you live in the one who is uncommon. You live in the one who actually is supernatural. What and how does God see you? What and how does God, what does God see you like? How does he see you? He commissioned us to walk in sonship as he did. Sonship is the position of authority. Have you received Christ? Then you fit into this verse. As many as received them, him, to them gave he the power or the authority to be sons. It's not a gender word. It's a position word. And he's looking for you to walk in your sonship. Amen? We are joint heirs with him. We inherit the same thing he inherited. We have what he has. We're part of who he is and what he can do and what he has to say. Romans 6 verse 8. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Now, we always put that into the eternal future, but live with him now. Amen? Live with him now and into the future. That's how God sees us. Romans 8, 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Do you realize that we're actually joint heirs? That's not speaking of marijuana. We are joint heirs with Christ. We have an inheritance that he has. This kind of goes with the theme of the birthright of the believer. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. What do we live? We live with him in his life. We are joint heirs of his life now and into eternity. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Huh. Paul said, I'm not living in my faith. I'm living in the faith of the Son of God. 
Wow. Hmm. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Powerful. Even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us together in Christ. We are all made alive in Christ. We have a living life to live. It's a supernatural life. It's an uncommon life. It's an unusual life to the world. Colossians 2.20, Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are ye subject to the ordinances? The only ordinance we're subject to is the ordinances of the kingdom. Not of this world. We are not subject to that clock. <laughs> Hallelujah. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits. Do you ever try to do that? Do you ever try to seek the things that are, are where Christ sits? I did about two weeks ago. That's when I experienced the guy with the dog and a dream and how to take that cooler out of that envoy. Why did that all happen? Because they were praying for a car. That's why. It just didn't happen because it went, no, no. Josh was, they were, their car was smacked up and they, were, they needed a car. And God gives me a dream, sends me to the Lord, go, and sends a guy there to tell me what I was looking for is not the part, and told me what part I was looking for. And I says, well, well it's interesting that you're here. Well, he says, that's why I'm here. He said that to me twice. That's uncommon. Especially with a guy with a dog. And after what's really uncommon, he says, the dog told me to come here. What I should have asked him is, what did the dog say to you? That's uncommon. We are called to walk in what's uncommon. Things that you and I cannot think of and achieve and things that we don't know and things that are perplexing to us, God can solve them. Amen. We're called to walk in that. Wow. For you are dead. <laughs> Say you're dead. You dead, man. Your life is hid with Christ in God. Your death puts you in a place of secrecy with Christ. I think that should be good enough for the sermon for today, isn't it? I only got six more points. Those are just scripture verses of how God sees us. Do we see, do we see what he sees in us? I think as we begin to seek those things which are by where he is seated, they will manifest to us. They will become real in our life. 
There are people who are praying for things. There are people who are seeking God. There are people who are in the dilemma. And you know what? He is waiting for us to come and receive from him what others need. He brought forth the uncommon, and we take part in that because we're part of it. He brought things. He brought things that caused curiosity. How did you do that? By whom do you speak? By what authority do you speak? He brought curiosity. Extraordinary. As the British would say. I get a kick, you know, when you watch the particular Prince Charles. He always uses that word. It's extraordinary. Remarkable. We're called to walk in the remarkable. We're called to walk in the unusual. We're called to walk in the bizarre. It is absolutely bizarre for a man who was born and couldn't walk for Peter to say, get up. What I have, I'm giving you now. And he took him by the hand. By the way, he gave it to him when he took his hand. That's bizarre. But we're called to walk in the bizarre. David uses the word crazy. To the common man, that's crazy. You nuts. Yeah, I'm gloriously nuts. We're, taught, we're called to walk in that which is anti-pictal, anti-pickle, anti-pickle, antipical. Out of the ordinary, uncommon, out of the usual run of things. Don't expect just the usual for the day. Expect the unusual for the day. And then when you can't really expect it, and you seem to be absolutely fruitless, he'll show up because of your expectation. Why should we expect the unusual? Because we live in the unusual. Because we are called by the one who said we could. Amen? He said we could. When Jesus prayed to the Father, sanctify them by your word, what he was saying them, set them apart. When what I, your word that I have given to them, I'll set them apart to that. That's what it means. So Jesus was talking to the Father. He says, you know what, Father? Sanctify them by your word. Set them apart to your word. The uncommon. Not religious, not dictatorial, not legalism, but life. Amen. Amen? Life. Because we are called by the one who said we could. We are called to walk in what he said we could. So he's telling us to walk in the uncommon, the unusual. 
You see, I believe this service at Solid Rock is going to become uncommon. And I know Pastor Daniel and Pastor David, all the pastors here, expect that. We expect the uncommon. We expect the supernatural. We don't come here thinking, well, we're just going to have a normal service. We don't come with that mentality at all. Well, that was a good introduction. Page number two. Do you remember the story of when the disciples went fishing? And then Jesus appears to them and he says, and when he said, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Simeon, put out into the deep water and let down your net and catch. Wow, that's just absolute, isn't it? There, there's, no, there's no doubt there at all. And Simeon answered and said, Master, we have worked hard all night and caught nothing. And you're telling us to let the net down? Nevertheless, at your bidding, we will do it. And when they did it, they caught more fish than they knew what to do with. Their boat couldn't hold it. That's uncommon. And because they heard the voice and obeyed the voice, there was a great harvest. And for those of you who are evangelistically minded, pay attention to this. If, you have trying to, if you're trying to evangelize and nothing is happening, uh, maybe you want, want to hear the voice. Maybe you want to become more sensitive. Yeah, we went out there and we've got nothing. Yeah, we went out there and nothing happened. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. They labored all night. But at his command, they got more than they asked for. They got more than they ever worked for in just a short period of time. And you know what that's telling me? That's telling me, expect a great harvest. Expect a great harvest harvest if we hear the voice if we're sensitive there will be thousands of souls saved and sometimes we labor and nothing happens but when you hear the voice boom the uncommon happens And even though they prepared their nets, they broke. What's common can't contain what's uncommon. The unusual. Why should we expect the unusual? Because he said so. But number one, his command produced the unusual. Drop the net in. 
Number two, we are ordained to the unusual. As thou hast sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. In the same manner, with the same power, with the same purpose, with the same ability, with the same results. That's you. That's me. That's why I think things are going to change. As we continue to endeavor to walk in the uncommon, the supernatural, the God-given life style, this place is not big enough. It's not. And there are some of you who are going to be called to take care of people. There are some of you who are going to go out and get them. There are some of you who are going to, go out, are going to be here to help them. He's asking not only for your time, he's asking for your life. Amen? That's exciting. I, I thought it was exciting to be able to wake up in the morning and say to my wife, I'm going to take that part out. I never had a doubt in my mind that I couldn't do it. I knew where the bolts were. I saw the picture in my dream, everything. In 15 minutes, I had it out. The only thing is I don't really realize what I took out. But that's okay. God took care of it by sending somebody who listened to his dog. That's unusual. I'm telling you, expect the unusual. Brenda and I went down to Costa Rica to prepare for VBS. And Pastor Mendez asked me to preach. They had two services, and I believe there was like 400 people in each service. And I get up to preach, and the Lord says, no, no, you're not preaching that. I heard the voice. He says, you read to them what I want them to give, what I want to give them, and get them to stand up and receive it. And boom, we prayed for 800 people that day. I mean, we ministered to. Unusual. Didn't expect it. Didn't know who they were. Didn't know what they were expecting. But God knew what he was expecting. Amen? He knew what he was expecting. And when we hear the voice, what we do is we move into his expectation of the uncommon, unusual. And Linsky says, one of the scholars of Greek says this. He says, this is not just for the 12. This is for all who believe. As the Father has sent me, so send us. He says, that's for every believer. My goodness. Can you think how powerful the church really is? Can you think the dynamics you and I are called to live in? It blows my mind. How a guy could think that a dog told him to come to Lord Go. That's good. <laughs> right. hmm. Okay, let's let's get on to the third point here. I, I should clarify some things here first. As the Father sent me, so send I you. Let me read you a verse on how this word is used. 
And some of those, and this is Luke 24, 24, and some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the woman also had said. But him they did not see. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as it was said. So just exactly as what was said to Jesus is exactly what we are called to. In Matthew 21, verse 6, it says, And the disciples went and did just as Jesus had directed them. The same word, as. Just, just two, two, word, two letters. Huge. Just as. Just as. What are you doing today? Well, I'm a just as person. Just as he tells me to do, I will do. Just as he did, I will do. Just as he expected, I will expect. Hallelujah. Number two. Why should we walk in the uncommon? Actually, number three. We are clothed with the unusual glory of God. John 17, verse 22. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, you got the glory. Amen. He's given you the same glory the Father gave him. The same honor, the same respect, the same results. I think we live so far below our potential. We live so far below God's expectation. And I know it kind of blows our minds sometimes because sometimes we don't even know what he's doing and he's doing anyway. And in spite of us, he does things. When we don't know what we're even walking into, he knows. We didn't know what we were walking to, into in Costa Rica. We didn't know what we were walking to in Brazil. But he knows. Amen. He knows. He knows. Number four, we are ordained to the unusual. It's your life. You live in the uncommon. As you have sent me into the world, I also sent them into the world. Think of this. Jesus came unto his own, and they didn't receive him. He came into a dark world, and they didn't recognize him. We are sent in the same way. Nobody's going to recognize you. Nobody's going to respect you. 
Nobody respected Jesus. They all rejected him. But you know what? He achieved the Father's goal anyway. So our success is not dependent on our acceptance. That's a tweet. <laughs> How tweet it is. Jesus, John 20, verse 21, Jesus said to them again, again, peace be unto you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. How did the Father send the Son? Through birth? Through childhood? By introducing him to the world in the river at his baptism. And the Father was aware that Jesus was being baptized. And when he came up out of the waters of baptism, the Holy Ghost in the Greek means he imposed himself on him. I don't say fill me. I just say impose yourself on me. It's different. You ever get somebody that imposes himself on you? They endeavor to take control. Well, the Holy Spirit took control of his life. As the Father sent him, so send I you. Let the Holy Spirit take control of your life. Expect him to impose himself on you. You know what that means? That means that you surrender your thoughts, your life, your feelings, your ways, everything. Because when he takes control, you surrender. Amen? You actually surrender. And when you surrender, you become the person who will be led or driven by the Spirit. So what does Jesus do? The, in the Greek it says, and the Holy Spirit drove him or led him into the wilderness. What it means is this. The Holy Spirit took him along with him into the wilderness. If somebody's leading you, they're taking you along. And I like going along with the Holy Spirit. It's a pleasant travel. Let him take you along with him. He gets there under this great anointing, and he doesn't eat for 40 days, and at his weakest point, Satan comes and tempts him. And the Holy Spirit enables Jesus to do three things, and all three of them were just quote the scripture. He never really talked to him. He just quoted the scripture to him. Another thing that how the Father sent him was this. When the Holy Spirit came upon him, Jesus came to realize by the Holy Spirit from the Father in Luke 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Oh, because he has anointed me too. Tell people the good news. To proclaim liberty. To open prison doors. That's how he's sending you. 
He's not asking you for, to pray that prison doors will be open. He's asking you to open them. He's not asking us to pray for liberty. He's asking us to proclaim it. Announce it to them. That's scripture. Because Jesus quotes Isaiah 61. Let me say this to you. And you may disagree with me and that's fine. How many of us know there's an old covenant and a new covenant? Okay. And we lump everything in the old covenant under the law. It's not under the law. The old covenant was the old covenant. There are three sections to the old covenant. The law, the Psalms, and the prophets. The prophets are the prophetic things that are yet to happen. So when Jesus... So when Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, he was actually quoting Isaiah into the new covenant. That's prophetic. And we put everything under the law. The prophets lived under the law, but they were prophets that prophesied the future and were not subject to the control of the law. Because if they were, Isaiah chapter 61 would never be allowed in the new covenant under the law. So, whenever we come to Malachi about offering, oh, that's under the law. No, it's not. It's prophetic. It is that which will happen to your life if you believe it. Because here's the point. Isaiah 53 talks about the cross. If it was under the law, it should never come into the new covenant. Jesus distinguished him. He says, I come to fulfill all that's in the law. Those are the ceremonies and the prophets. And you and I, if we're called as he is called, then we are called to fulfill what the prophets say. Because if the Spirit of the Lord God is upon you, Isaiah 61 is applicable to you. That's not law. That's prophetic fulfillment. That's just a side note. That liberated me from this law-grace thing. There's only five books of the law. Anyway, I'll get off that. This is what Linsky says. In this sense, Jesus says, as the Father has commissioned me, I too am sending you. It will not do to refer you as only the 12. This is what he says. It is necessarily includes all believers, past, present, and future. That was number four. Last one, number five. Gee, I'm early. Why are we called to walk in the uncommon? We are given the words of the Father 
by Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Right here. The Father said to the Holy Spirit, Tell my son that the disciples that I gave him can walk in what he walked in. It came from the Father to the Holy Spirit and to the Son and then to the disciples. Because we are given the words of the Father by Jesus and the Holy Spirit. That's what verifies the fact that we can walk in the uncommon, the unusual, the supernatural, the curious, the extraordinary. Amen? That's your life. That's my life. And, and I, 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 like for instance, praise. We have not touched praise like it is in heaven. We have not touched worship like it is in heaven. So we need to expect the uncommon praise to just manifest itself among us. We must expect the unusual worship to manifest among us. We should expect heaven to come to earth. His kingdom come and his will be done. What is his kingdom? His kingdom is the realm in which he lives. And the realm in which he lives, the father wishes to bring that on earth. And we must say to self, what on earth am I doing? Am I doing on earth what the Father desires? Or am I just doing on earth whatever earth desires? And I think we need to surrender our whole life to his kingdom. That means surrendering to his rule and reign and his authority and his way of doing things. Young man, the Lord spoke to me about you this morning. I don't remember names. What's your name? Yeah. Brandon. Yeah, there's two Brandons in Scripture. Every time anybody says Brandon, I always think of you, but they mean the other Brandon. God sees your heart to go and help people with the natural things, but he wants to expand your heart to the supernatural. He wants you to expect the supernatural. He has put it in you. Amen. My goodness, like, huh. I just said, you know what? I'm uncommon. I'm an unusual guy. Well, that's pride. Yeah, it can be, but in Christ, we are all unusual people. We have the power of the uncommon. We have the authority of the uncommon. We have that which is supernatural that comes to the common and brings life to what is dead. Brings hope where there's no hope. Brings joy where there's no joy. Brings expectation where there is no expectation. Brings hope. Something to believe in and something to hope for. Hi, Fernanda. How are you? You know, the Lord spoke to me about you two today. I didn't expect to see you here. I just noticed you. 
That's uncommon. I want to say something that the Lord said to me to you, both of you. Your home is a home of the uncommon and the unusual. You are called. You are called. You are called. Are you getting it? You are called to the unusual and the uncommon. And I see even some things in the foreign field. And your life is kind of like, eh. but if you will surrender, I mean surrender to him, the uncommon is going to become your normal. You are not castaways. You are not forgotten. You are not nobodies. In him use a somebody. You are sons of God. God has positioned you to walk in your sonship. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Don't be disappointed. Hope thou in God. Hope in God. Your little one there, Bella, she's going to ring a bell. <laughs> you know, it's important for her to be in Sunday school. It really is. Because she's going to be a woman of God. That, that child is the heritage of the Lord. Amen? Can you accept that? I hope I haven't been too hard on you. But God has his hand on your life. He does. We are given the words of the Father by Jesus and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, all the instructions are here. Every part of life is in here. What he gives us and offers us is in here. What we have to offer someone else is in here. He is waiting for a people that will believe they're uncommon, unusual. Not in the sense of pride, but in the sense of their position. I am what I am by the grace of God, Paul said. You are who you are by his grace. Not by any works that you have done. But by the grace of God, you have been called to what is uncommon and unusual to live in. I am so excited about this. And as you, let me share with you, as you meditate, as you meditate on what God has said to you, God is going to come and he's going to meet with you. I am telling you, he will. And sometimes he will do it in your sleep and sometimes he will do it with a guy with a dog. But he going to do it, as they'd say in West Virginia. He will. But meditate. Huh. 
I, I meditate in Isaiah 61 all the time. The Spirit of God is upon me because you have anointed for the purpose of anointing me so that I can tell people good news. That's not just evangelism. That's when they are going through hard times. I can bring the word of the Lord to them. I can bring good news to them. I can open their prison door. I can heal their broken heart. It doesn't say to pray for the heart to be healed. It says heal it. That's the anointing. That's the power of God. But we're beggars. Oh, God, just heal us. No, no. Heal it. Peter went, I got something I'm going to give you. In the name of Jesus, stand up. He took his hand and he imparted what he had into that man. And that man stood up and he leaped all over the place. Uncommon for a cripple to leap everywhere. Unusual. Extraordinary. I love, the, I love this British couple. Hallelujah. What a future. Amen. Amen. This, this place is not big enough, Pastor David. It's not big enough. There's a, the Holy Spirit is attractive. And where the Holy Spirit moves, whether it's in worship, praise, signs and wonders, in service, whatever, it attracts people. Jesus is an attraction, and he's in you. Expect people to be attracted to you. Expect them to come and want what you have. That's unusual, isn't it? That's because you are unusual. Amen. I like to take all my time. I still got six minutes. I'm, 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 I don't mean that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know, there's some things that get so exciting, it's hard to shut up. It really is. How many of you want to live in the uncommon life you've been called to? And I know all of us do. We all do. We all do, because God has put it in our hearts. And it, guess what? It's his expectation. Let his expectation become ours. And so here's what I'm going to say in closing. Next Sunday, when you come, don't expect the usual. Don't expect the usual in praise and worship. Expect the unusual. Don't expect the usual in announcements. Expect the unusual. Don't expect the usual in your tithes and offering. Expect the unusual. Don't expect the, oh yeah, we're just going to hear another word. No, no. Expect the unusual. Come expecting the unusual. Come expecting the supernatural. Supernatural praise. Supernatural worship. Supernatural signs and wonders. Supernatural love for one another. Supernatural sacrifice. Supernatural joy. Amen? <laughs> I mean, man. Whew. Click. Thank you, Jesus.
The past should never be our ultimate in the present. The past should be a stepping stone to what is future and ahead of us. By that I mean this. We have come to a place in this church where it was just a song service to worship. It took three years. But we begin to believe something that the Bible talks about. Oh, but this is, this is not the total. We need to move into the praise of the future, into the worship of the future. Amen? Because there's a growth in the kingdom. There's a revelation in the kingdom that does not allow us to stay where we are. If he allows us to stay where we are, we just go round and round and round and it becomes mundane. But when we come expecting the supernatural, the uncommon, then the life of the Holy Spirit begins to flow and it's entirely different. Amen? And I'm excited about that. And I know it's in all of our hearts to want more. Because I know God put it there or you wouldn't be here. Come up here, Pastor David. Come here. How many of us appreciate Pastor David? <laughs> Pastor Daniel. How many of you appreciate Pastor Daniel? <laughs> Honey, you use a pastor. Pastor Louise, Pastor Brenda, come on. I know Pastor Monona's not here. Let's give Pastor Nona a great hand. You know, that's a woman of faith. I'm telling you, I go over there to expect her to be discouraged, and she's talking to me about all the courage and faith and victory she's got. It's like it's amazing. And I just want to say to all of you, I know you're my relatives, but in the kingdom, it doesn't matter. And all of you, wonderful children of God, you are marvelous in his sight. And therefore, you're marvelous in our sight. God has a deposit in you that is unique to you and he wants to release it. A singer right here. An anointed singer right here. Hallelujah. Wow. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. We appreciate what God has put in your heart. We appreciate the things that he is saying to you. We appreciate the burden that he has put in your heart. We appreciate it. And we want to walk in it all together. Amen. We want to see each of us fulfill the fullness of God in your life and our lives. We are all common but uncommon. We are all those of the supernatural. We are all called to be demonstrators of the kingdom.
Hallelujah. We love you. I mean that. We love you. With all our hearts. Let's just stand together in prayer. Pastor David. Amen. Just lift your hands up. Heavenly Father, I'm going to pray, and if you want to join with me, say these words Heavenly Father, this week, cause your unusual to happen in my life. Let me come to expect the uncommon things of heaven to happen in my world. Amen. God bless you.